At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Rogue Media. <laughs> Accelerating your fandom. This is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I am Sleepy. I mean, <laughs> Bell. <laughs> Bell, I can fix this for you. Hang on, hang on. Don't uh, take a look at my right hand. There's nothing here. Take a look at my left hand. There's nothing here. Now close your eyes, Bell, and abracadabra, boom, you are wide awake with tons of energy, and it's all thanks to magic. Magic. The <laughs> science of the future. It's illusions, Michael. <laughs> Dude. Oh, we've got so much fun. We're going to have so much fun with this episode. It was so good. What a great return to Forum. I'm really excited for it. Uh, I think it's going to be a blast. But first, we got to give a major shout out to our boy, somebody who has been with us, I think, since the beginning. Someone who's definitely been with us for quite some time and is now officially joined on as a Brain Trust member over at the Patreon account. Big ups, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kyle Cross. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome to the Brain Trust. Uh, Kyle Krause now uh, helping support this show through patreon.com slash TV talk. Or if you're listening on the Satchel Podcast Player, you can click be a patron right there. It is a way to help guarantee that you get content. And even when we're a day late, uh, you get three for the price of one <laughs> with uh, with everything that we tried to bring you last week. In fact, a lot of uh, predictions were made last week on both this podcast and uh, our, our visit over at Starkville Labs. Some of them were right. Some of them not so right. We'll talk about that. It's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all I have to say at the moment. Bell, do you have anything that you um, would like to say? Abracadabra. Okay, let's jump into the rundown. The rundown. Episode 18 of season three, Abracadabra. Directed by Nina Lopez. No, that's Nina Lopez Corrado. Come on, man. Oh, sorry. Directed by Nina Lopez Corrado and story by Andrew Kreisberg. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Abracadabra, a criminal from the 64th century, comes to Central City to steal tech from numerous companies and in the process kills two guards. Gypsy returns in pursuit of Cadabra to avenge her partner. Cadabra offers the team the identity of Savitar in exchange for his freedom. Against Gypsy's wishes, a desperate Joe releases Cadaver, who escapes to Thawne's time vault and retrieves a power source. Cadaver also triggers an explosion that critically injures Caitlin. Refusing to take off the necklace, suppressing her powers, even though they could save her life, Caitlin asks Julian to perform surgery with her guidance instead. Cadaver attempts to return to his own time, having used the stolen technology to build his own time machine, but is foiled by the team, 
With Gypsy's help, Barry decides that the only way to save Iris's life is by traveling to the future. Later, as still recovering, Caitlin loses consciousness and begins convulsing before her vital signs flatline. A distraught Julian rips the necklace from her neck and her vital signs return to normal as her injuries heal rapidly. She awakens, but in the guise of Killer Frost. Dun, dun, dun! Yes. Better bring a jacket to that operation table. <laughs> yeah, that operating theater was cold. It got, it got chilly. That was cold-blooded. <laughs> Bell, I, I got a question for you going into this episode. I was right. Uh, Wait, no, that's not a question. That's not a question at all. No, my question <laughs> for you, sir, is do you believe in magic? And of course I do. I don't think it's really magic. He's using tech. Right? Because Abracadabra, of course, a uh, character from the comic books. Uh, man, I can we just say, this 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 take on Abracadabra, freaking loved it. Absolutely I know. loved it. Super fun, man. Super fun. Like, the the, the magic and that, like, and just, I, I, I loved how the, the tech explanation, some people are going to say it was kind of a cop-out or whatever, but I think it was, it was beautiful. Like, the whole, he's from the 64th century, the technology there is going to be so far advanced that we would think it's magic. So, of course, he's going to come back in time and pretend he's a magician. I mean, come on. That's amazing. No, it's great. And actually, I mean, that is that is par in course, uh, par for the course with this character is somebody who is uh, a magician. However, you know, a magician in the most, uh, you know, Joe Bluth sense in the sense that it's not tricks. It's illusions, Michael. They're illusions, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've been mean, like, you know, using using kind of, uh, you know, quote unquote, real life mag- uh, uh, magic rather. Uh, with illusions and kind of constantly being ahead of the game. That, that is very much who Abracadabra is. Uh, though, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, this, this take on the character is, is taken to new heights. You know, this idea of being from the future and using all of the, uh, the amazing technology and, and kind of passing that off as magic makes a lot of sense, right? However, yeah. we're seeing this character taken in a different direction, quite literally, all the way over to Earth 19. Now, Bell, you know, I, I think for me anyway, one of the things that kind of stands out about this episode, aside from the fact of this, the amazing, amazing performance and kind of the introduction of Abracadabra, um, so is this idea that he's from the future, but he's from our future, right? Like he is from the future of our timeline, Earth One's timeline. Yes, okay. I think so. Yes, oh, he's talking to Barry, and in, in, in you know, he's like saying we're going to be enemies in the future. Right, right. And he's talking about all this relationship with them and everything. He knows who Savitar is. Yada yada yada. And I, yeah. I know I'm doing something dangerous here because I'm going high concept early on. But this is like the biggest takeaway from the episode for me, and, and it's still kind of you know on my mind. And that is the fact that so he's from the future of Earth One. However, for the last at least three years, he's been active on Earth Nineteen. Yes. So there's some sort of weird backstory where Cadabra, Abracadabra, went back in time uh, on Earth 1, somehow ended up on Earth 19, was a villain on Earth 19, and then popped back to Earth 1, I guess because I mean, that would make sense, right? If he wants to go back to his own future, he would need to return to the Earth, because as we learned at the beginning of this season, changes to the timeline in one Earth does not affect changes on other Earths. Yes. So if you but want to go to the future think... on Earth two, like if you you can't jump to the future of Earth one if you're on Earth two. Yeah, I think I think that's correct. Right. Because uh, they're in you know different dimensional bubbles or whatever. Exactly. But I, I I think what he was doing is he he went back in time from wherever he was to begin with, and he was just bouncing between Earths to pick up pieces for his time machine. Oh, interesting. So the, yeah. The only reason he was on Earth nineteen, uh, you know, this was three years ago. He was on Earth nineteen. 
was because he needed a piece from presumably the Star Labs on Earth-19. That's what I'm going to guess. Interesting. Uh, or, or, okay. or, or, or other tech companies. I mean, because they, they were saying that he went to other tech companies. So I think what he was doing is he was bouncing around Earths in 2017 to get the pieces that he needed for the time machine to return to the future. So that's where, you know, he goes to Earth-19 to get the piece there, kills Gypsy's partner. Gypsy's been chasing him for three years and he's been bouncing around earth trying to get other pieces so is he breaching using future tech because i must have missed that part that's what i'm gonna presume i mean you know it's magic i ain't gotta explain <laughs> I, I thought about that so <laughs> many times whenever barry was like how do you do that i was like ah, oh, barry you're a regular how do you do that but like but like there is that whole <laughs> it's magic barry we don't have to explain it here here's a <laughs> mechanical arm that just kind of appears out of his i loved that oh my gosh i no, love all brilliant. the effects with abracadabra and how the, all that works oh yeah like the card teleportation thing just yeah that was it was a fun episode i really enjoyed it well and you know now that i'm thinking about it i guess technically speaking when he was flying around on his time ship he was opening breaches throughout the city uh yes uh, yeah well i don't i don't know i don't know I, i'm presuming that the time ship might be making the breaches because otherwise it'd been difficult for him to jump around unless he built the functionality into the time ship to i breach. think so Okay, so he was just jumping from world to world with the time ship and adding yeah. pieces to it as he as he traveled. That would make some sense. You know, it's interesting the idea of going to Earth nineteen. You know, Earth nineteen for having this like extremely strict, just like you know, capital punishment rule for breaching. They've been they've been having a lot of issues with uh, uh, interdimensional immigrants. You know what I mean? Well, it, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you go to a country and you don't know that it's illegal to Earth. spit on the sidewalk. Earth. And then you get taken and, and you know, beaten with canes. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's the situation here. It's like he didn't know that you're not supposed to breach and that they're going to murder you if you breach. But uh, yeah, I mean, that that know. is I mean, why? Why are we treating Gypsy like she's not a villain? Like she straight up she kills people. people just for like jumping Earths. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I understand that like jumping Earths almost destroyed their entire planet but that, i don't know man. i mean that seems like too far you know what i mean like that that's too far of a, a leap like two yeah two wrongs don't make a right right exactly so it's but like lefts do you know we're gonna do breacher genocide that's terrible but that that's the earth 19 like we, we've been given a very dark world in the form of earth 19 you know battles know, to the right? death and everything else and, and you know trial by combat such like it, I, I i'm not 100 percent sure why I mean, I get, I get it from vibe standpoint. Why he's like, you know, he's he's digging on Gypsy. I mean, in all fairness, though, like that's that's kind of his his thing, right? He always ends up with the supervillains, or you know, hot girl notwithstanding. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's kind of bizarre because you know, it's like you meet somebody and you know they've killed people, but you are you still want to ask them out on a date. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would you would kind of think that oh, you've killed people, huh? I'm going to avoid you now. But no, Cisco's just doubling down on that. Oh yeah, you kill people, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not the first time. Let me let me let me show you my <laughs> repertoire of, of ex-girlfriends <laughs> and all yeah, of the people yeah, they've yeah. killed or died multiple times. One or the other. Um but no, we 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 get a gypsy here who uh she she's here, you know, we, we get a little bit of backstory for for Gypsy. Um this idea that that her partner was killed by Abracadabra. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, they have this kind of history that she's been kind of looking around for him. Um, it's This is not just an assignment. It's very personal. But that's about it. We don't get a lot of explanation as to who this partner was. It's heavily implied that there was a romantic connection. Belle, I would like to propose to you that Gypsy's partner was the vibe of her Earth. 
Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I can I can sign on to that. I mean, think about it, right? I mean, Cisco. I mean, we look. We love Cisco, but dude has no game whatsoever. We've said this before. I mean, like this. It's just it's just a fact. Like it's, it's one of those. It's th- hard to watch. <laughs> it really is. It really is. It's like, dude, come on, man. That's uh, it just isn't working. But somehow it works, right? Like for some reason, Gypsy's into him, even though there's no clear reason why she would be into him and also she always pulls back i want to make the argument that i think that gypsy on her earth cisco ramon was also vibe and as both breachers they would go around and you know enforce the, yeah and enforce the earth 19 law uh, until he was killed by abracadabra a, a villain from the future much like cisco of an alternate uh, version of the timeline that we we know and love here on uh, back in season one, so I, I'm I think that Abracadabra killed the Cisco of their Earth. I'm I'm gonna just throw that one out there. I I like that. I wish they had kind of mentioned something like that, but maybe they'll maybe they'll reveal that later. I don't know, but uh, I I'm totally on board with that theory. I think it's cool. You know, it, it it makes a lot of sense too when she kisses him and she withdraws because it's messing her up because she's kissing a doppelganger of the person right that she left and was right. Killed. That's the yeah. other thing, right? Because like she's always like she's always kind of miss like like leading him on almost just to pull away. And so it would almost give reason to that. Other than, of course, there's capital punishment involved with breaching Earth, so it's not like they've got a future one way or the other. They're definitely not going to have the honeymoon on Earth 19 because I think they'll be murdered. Right, right. Uh, you know, even the fact that she's able to get around um, is the the rules of Earth 19 are a little strange. I, I do find she's it, got diplomatic unity. Yeah, she does. I, I do find it interesting <laughs> though that we do continue to have this relationship with Earth 19 this season. You know, season two, the, uh, you know, Earth two was kind of a a big factor there, like this idea of jumping back and forth and only at the very tail end where we kind of introduced to the idea of multiple Earths or or infinite Earths. It was speculated before, but then when we actually get Jay Garrick of of what we, you know, come to know now as Earth three, there's a wide net. There's, There's a lot of Earths that they could go to. There's a lot of potential for what we can see. Um, you know, the gypsy vibe battle from earlier this season, they actually experienced a couple of different Earths, and yet we continually go back to Earth 19. And why is that, Bell? Why why do we spend so much time on Earth 19? Or or with people who have spent so much time on Earth 19, I should say. Because Savitar is probably from Earth 19. Well, I mean, like, right? Maybe, or, or they just want to like hype up Accelerated Man. I don't know. Could Savitar be the Accelerated Man of Earth-19? Uh, and could that Accelerated Man also be? H.R. Wells? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm still sticking with my uh, HR is Savitar, hashtag HR Vitar. Um, although I know, look, a lot of people aren't, aren't digging that theory. And it's not that they, they like, like don't see the workings of it. I think a lot of people, you know, we talked about this when we were over on Starkville Labs. Um, you know, there's a lot of pushback about that theory of like, oh, you know, it's another evil Wells. I still make the argument that we've never actually seen an evil Wells, but you know, regardless, some people don't like that idea. They think it's too repetitive. Um, you know, yeah. I, I, I mean, well, Harry wasn't the bad guy. Harry was never the bad two. guy. Yeah. Uh, HG wasn't or hg Avard wasn't he wasn't harrison wells wells yeah <laughs> you he, know so there's that yeah he, so so i don't know i you know we haven't really had an evil wells it's it, we've, we've had a, a a kind of darker wells and then we've had hg Avard. exactly so this is the first wells that we've actually had 
if if HR is in fact evil, and of course we do have this kind of technology of the the face off technology, right? I mean, it's not yeah. full on rewriting your genetic code that we saw Eobard use in season one, but we did see HR kind of bust this out earlier, and at the same time we see people you know, referring to him in different ways. Of course, the the reference of Savitar referring to him as the fake Wells opens up the possibility that, you know, maybe we don't know exactly what's going on uh, in terms of that. And it also could be a kind of forgotten plot point. You know, I even thought about the fact that at the end of this episode, you know, HR kind of pops in at the last minute. And, uh, you know, he's, he's talking about how he's been seeing this girl on the side. And I'm like, dude, that's kind of messed up, right? Because, I mean, he's going around wearing the face of this other dude pretending to be Randall. And but but you know what I mean? Like, but he's actually I'm a dude just up like a dude playing another dude. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying, man, that's kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do have uh, some other ideas about the identity of Savitar, though, uh, based on the what we've seen from, from the new episode next week. OK. All right. So uh, that. Uh, we, we, we can I would probably do that in speeds for speculation. I yeah, say. I think that'll probably play into what we got down the line here. Um, you know, I, I you know, at the uh, I kind of rushed to a lot of the kind of the big. Uh, concepts early on this this podcast, so I apologize if if that uh, didn't sit well with people. But but you know, of course, in this episode early on, we get a return of um, uh, Joe's girlfriend as uh, Iris is sharing the story of how Barry proposed. You know, I actually uh, just kind of as an aside, I showed that video of you know I you know uh, running home to you to uh, my wife and kids. Cause I was like, it's, it's such a powerful thing. And my wife was like in tears and she started telling the kids about the day that I proposed to her. And I'm thinking, man, by comparison, <laughs> I really wish I had sung like, come on, man, that's a good story. <laughs> I could yeah. bust Now, you know what they never addressed here though? That, that? was, I was kind of like, what was that? Uh, Joe, they never talked about whether or not Barry asked Joe for, for permission to, to marry her. Yeah, they never did. Did they? They never brought that up again. And I was like, and you know what, Bell? They never will again. They never, nope. <laughs> they never will again. Nope. It's uh, if, if they're going to do it, then this was the op- perfect opportunity to do it, and they just didn't. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? It's uh, it, it happened on this. There's this one cut scene where Barry uh, has Papa Joe in the future room, and they're talking as he is dismantling and and doing what he needs to do to Gideon. Uh, to make sure that that she is set to go off with the legends of tomorrow, uh, and and at the same time feeding the turtle, like that's all happening <laughs> in this one cut scene uh, that's missing from the entire series. But but we'll yes. just we'll put it in that scene, and it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It happened. Yeah, just of off 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 scene. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. They they did not mention that. But what they did mention was that freaking Joe West's girlfriend. She got the hookup, man. She's got Hamilton tickets. In Central City, no less. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now Central City's getting Hamilton. Come on now. Yeah, I know. And 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 my town is not. I mean, I is Austin not? I would have thought Austin would have been on the um, expansion list. Be. <laughs> There's a lot of theater here. Well, my main but thing I, is like, you know, Iris is like this whole like, oh, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Barry, you're gonna try to save me. I believe in you, but I'm probably gonna die. And now it's like, oh, oh, we get Hamilton tickets. No, Barry, you better save me. We are gonna get those yeah. Hamilton. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Iris just like stomps down to where that the you know the place she's standing when she dies. It's like, come on, Savitar, come on, I'm going to see Hamilton. It's like you ain't stopping me from seeing Hamilton, and she just like beats the tar out of him. No, no. See, this is why Barry's going to the future now. This, he, he tells everybody like, oh, I'm going to the future so I can figure out what happened. No, no, no. He wants those Hamilton tickets. He's like, he'd like, no, no, no. no. Everything's gonna go down, and just in case she may die, let me go ahead and lock this thing down right now, because uh, those things are gold, like gold, Jerry. 
<laughs> so do you think they're throwing a lot of Hamilton love just because uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is a fan of the Flash TV show? I mean, probably, right? He's he's he, he's a DC TV fanboy. Probably listening to this show right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, there is there is one CEO executive in the in the chat. So. Lin Lin Manuel, not actually a CEO executive, Bell. That's well, uh, that's that's a generic term for people that are important. And well, know. well, why don't we say Lin Manuel? Whenever we have one, we'll just assume it's Lin Manuel, and everybody else is a CW executive. That works. I'm down with that. That makes sense to me. Um, you know, uh, Iris uh, was actually, you know, she she was very involved in a different kind of way this episode. Uh, we we saw Caitlin. Uh, almost die in what was probably for me one of the most intense scenes uh, ever on this series. And one of the most intense scenes in television is when she gets everybody to operate on herself while she herself is conscious and walking them through it. We see Iris actually kind of playing a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a surgical nurse type situation? Uh, yeah, she was... Uh yeah, I guess the surgical nurse. Yeah, I think that I think that worked. That freaked me out, man. I'm like, no, she's a reporter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, hey, she's had a first aid class. They they're required at reporter school. Uh, and then Julian, he's like just a like he takes apart dead things. He doesn't like take apart live things. There's not a lot of dead stuff and live stuff aside from the whole life and death thing. I I I say it's a little bit different. And one, you're taking apart the body to figure out what happened. The other, you're trying to take apart the body so you can put it back together. He's not, he's <laughs> never put the body back together before, man. That was, uh, that was freaking intense. And I got to tell you, like that is the most hardcore Caitlin that we've ever seen as she's walking them through it. Um, I, I had to look away. I'm look, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a surgery guy. Like, you know, anything too real is, is, is kind of outside of my wheelhouse. Man, I used to watch the show The Operation on uh, back when uh, TLC was the learning channel. <laughs> and before it started, you know, to be all reality TV, they used to have televised operations. And I would watch those because I was fascinated. By uh, <laughs> I cannot do that. I can't do that. Um, I mean, you know, one of the things that we've seen throughout this series is even in the present, they're using a lot of future tech. Um, you know, even uh, with... For example, Abracadabra kind of holographing himself around seems very futuristic, however, not outside of what we've seen from present technology in The Flash, right? We got the, uh, we've got holographic Barry before. I think we got holographic Captain Cold before. We've also gotten, of course, the giant alien creature monster that was destroying the city that actually ended up being a hologram. Uh, so we're no, like the idea, the concept of kind of futuristic present super technology uh, is not foreign from this concept. However, I, I am curious, Bell, because I know everybody knows you're the OMG science guy. Is it possible to dope somebody up enough so that they can be operated on and consciously give directions on how to operate on themselves? Or is that future medicine tech? Well, it's funny that you ask because there actually was a guy who performed an operation on himself. Uh, his name was, uh, let's see here, uh, Russian surgeon uh, Leonid Rogozov. Became really ill. He got appendicitis and had to remove his own appendix. Oh, on the expedition. Oh, yeah. Ah, ah, So he did that stuff to himself. Why? Oh, I mean, like you know, save your own life. No, I get that, but like, how? 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 Uh, well, you know, it it just it takes the right stuff. You know, so, yeah, and, and this is funny, too, because I'm reading the story here and it says he nominated two main assistants to hand him instruments, uh, position the lamp and hold a mirror. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it was nuts. He was able to administer a local anesthetic to his abdominal wall, but once he had cut through, removing the appendix had to be done without further pain relief in order to keep his head as clear as possible. So yeah, she could do a local anesthetic, and the local anesthetic would just numb her, and she could cut through all that kind of stuff. But yeah, pretty much the deep tissue, you're going to need other types of anesthetic, and you just don't yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I was thinking like, wait, how's she doing this if she's just do- so doped up? But she wasn't that doped up. She was just hardcore. And I guess a lot of it is adrenaline. Um, now, Gunnar in the chat, I think, mentions uh, asking the question, you know, uh, about uh, Hunter vibrating his hand so fast that he removed a bullet. I would say that it's a little bit different here. She was like straight up stabbed all the way throughout. And so she was kind of bleeding out on both ends. So it's not just about removing the shard. It was also about, you know, I guess I, I'm not a doctor but i know it's a little bit different i yeah i kind of thought there was going to be a little speed force intervention there i was kind of surprised when it wasn't but i'm kind of glad they didn't at the end just because it shows Mm -hmm. like caitlin's baller well and also real consequences right like if we can just speed force away you know all the problems then there's no there's no consequences yeah Um, it's the ultimate mcguffin yeah now of course there's a lot of pressure that's put on the team with caitlin in this position uh, you know, Cisco pointing out the fact that she, as Killer Frost, has kind of, you know, her her abilities are able to heal her body. Is that first that we've heard that? Because I don't remember seeing that be the case. I mean, honestly, it's kind of understood at this point that metas have accelerated healing factors. And I mean, like no, I, I get it. And I'm like, when he said it, I was like, sure. Like, you know, that makes sense to me. And, you know, I, I honestly... Yeah, I can't even imagine a metahuman that we've seen that I would not just naturally just kind of grant them like, oh, of course they heal faster because reasons, you know, whatever, <laughs> because whatever, <laughs> whatever the superpower is, is responsible for, you know, also giving them healing factors uh, to some because extent. Because we need you to heal fast. Exactly. Because comic books never say die. Um, <laughs> True. Much like Goonies. Uh, so, yeah. So, no, I, I get that. But this this kind of conclusion that you know he's going to take the necklace off and that's going to be what heals her he's got this whole conscious of uh, you know kind of this critical critical moment where he's trying to process this they're able to as they think anyway save her now everything's going fine it's all hunky dory uh she's recovering her and julian share a moment by the way those two are adorable and i think i'm starting to ship them uh-oh i i i i think I am. Look, Julian, you know, I've I've said before how much I I really enjoy this character. I enjoy him being kind of a jackass, but (laughs) you know, he's kind of, I don't know, something about the two of them really, I don't know. Maybe it was the quietness of the, like the moment they shared after the surgery, like that they'd just been through this really just emotional, just, you know, borderline traumatizing experience together. And that just, they've, they've gotten this new connection. I don't know. I, I, it pulled me in, man. I, I'm kind of starting to ship him. Yeah, you know, it'd be nice for Caitlyn to finally have somebody that, you know, won't die or go evil. Yeah, well, don't count your villains before they <laughs> <laughs> Before they had. Before they alchemy, yeah. Now, I, I, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Well, but, but in this case, it's not her lover that's dying or turning evil. It's her. Both. It's her. On both accounts. And, like, like that's, that's the crazy thing, right? Like, so, all right, so we get to the end of things. She is on the bed. Now they they've shared this this moment. Everything's been uh, massive and everything, and uh, and you know it, there's kind of this this critical moment where Cisco and uh, and Julian are sitting there trying to debate on what to do. Now she would said something earlier that I think is really interesting, and she looks specifically at Cisco and said it. She said, "Don't do that. Don't take the thing off. I'd rather die." Yep. Now about like like that's that's a that's a big 
statement. It is, right? I mean, like, and that's, there's kind of like this whole, I'd rather die than narrative that goes on this entire episode, right? If you think about what's going on with Iris, the fact that uh, Abracadabra has been holding over the team, the fact that he knows who actually is Savitar and puts them all in this scenario of like, okay, would would you rather Iris die than me escape? That is the question, right? That's the question that everybody is like placed in this entire episode. I remember very specifically when they've got him in the pipeline, we see Wally go to close the door. I thought in that moment he was about to let him out. I thought so too. I thought that's where they were going with that. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, right? But uh, yeah, it, it's funny because this episode was the ultimate would you rather game. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, kind of. It kind of was. Uh, you know, Barry is definitely kind of got this moral uh, conundrum on his hands. Uh, Joe, I mean, he makes it pretty clear where he stands. And I mean, I kind of agree with Joe, right? Like, where, where do you where do you fall on this? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Joe kind of summed it up when he said, I've made two oaths, one to the law, one to my family. Which one do you think is more important? Like, of course, his family is going to be more important. And I don't think that's necessarily him uh, going back on 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 the the oath of the law or whatever but it's one of those things where like i think gypsy then understood you know what if i had the opportunity to go back and uh or or you know prevent my partner from dying then i see where joe's coming from like i I think they kind of had an understanding there maybe yeah well okay so here's my only thing rationally speaking just because they know like who savitar is doesn't mean that the future is not going to happen joe isn't somebody who thinks fourth dimensionally. You know what I mean? Like that's not necessarily the way that he would see things. So I understand why he did what he did. I supported him completely. And when Gypsy tried to get get all up in his face and he said, not now, I was like, yeah, not now. Back off. (laughs) (laughs) Papa Joe needs a minute. So let's, uh, this is not the time. So I understood where he was coming from. And I also, I really appreciated this with him fighting his ground. Like, you know, when they're kind of getting up in each other's face, right? Because you have Gypsy who is, kind of a cop, right? She's like a border patrol of her earth. And so she's been given kind of this legal authority to go after someone and and very specifically Abracadabra, but she's not on her earth. And so we have Joe, a mortal, by the way, just complete mortal, no superpowers or anything. He like throws it in her face. like, no, 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 you're on my earth. This is my jurisdiction. And I, I was like, yes, sir. I was like, yes, sir, you Don't fight give me your that corner. Jurist my addiction crap. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, that's that's important because, like, this, you know, in all of these, you know, gods and monsters and all of these super fantastic things around them, at the end of the day, Joe could easily kind of be like washed out and over overrun by all of this stuff. But no, when it comes down to what's going on, like the more that he gets a chance to fight for you know, I guess reality, so to speak, you know what I mean? Like to be the voice of like, okay, this is all crazy, but you know, we actually have laws here and this is like, like we actually have people that don't have superpowers. Like that voice needs to be heard. And I love that we got that this episode. Now, granted, arguably that's coming from obviously a spe- like a, a, a quote unquote selfish place because he's not necessarily fighting for the jurisdiction, like his jurisdiction on earth or even just kind of, you know, earth one versus earth 19. He's fighting for the life of his daughter. And so he is motivated yeah. by that means. But that doesn't mean he was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Okay. Well, there, there, there it is. Anyway, so big ups to Papa Joe. Love that. This episode. You know, everybody kind of put to the edge uh, with this idea of like, do we know who Savitar, do we want to know who Savitar is or, or do we, you know, risk, I guess, 
what we already know, right? I mean, to some extent, the knowledge does not necessarily change anything. Uh, in fact, Abracadabra could just have easily said, it's, you know, McGillicuddy Smith. And everybody's like, who's that? Nobody knows who that right. is. <laughs> yeah, like, like that's what I'm thinking. You know, the whole time it's like, okay, so they so they tell, let's say, let's just presume here for a second that it is uh, 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 Harry. Not Harry. Uh, HR. Uh, HR. Uh, so let's presume for a second that it's HR. And he says it's HR. And like, what do they do? Because uh, every every other thing they tried to change has ended up happening anyway. Right. Well, I mean, they could kill him. I, it's, uh, uh, it, I guess they could, they're not going to do that, though. They're heroes. Well, yeah, no, I know. Or HR could kill himself. He'd go, go the Eddie, Eddie Thawne route. Of course, that... That's true. Th- theoretically, that's what... <laughs> that would but, wipe out the Earth, so... That won't yeah. work. Well, you want to know what I want, what, what I think they should do? Yeah. What's, what do you what, what do you think they should do? The day that Iris is supposed to die, she dies at, at night. It's 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 dark outside, or maybe it's early morning. I don't know. It's dark. But uh, just midnight, the day that she dies, put her in the pipeline. Well, no. Then he just it's Savitar. He's gonna break in, grab her. But he's powerless inside the pipeline, baby. We don't know that. We don't know that at all. I know we don't. But I mean, still, we've seen where she dies. That hasn't changed regardless of what they're doing. So if Savitar's she's in the pipeline, a speedster. Literally, he could be anywhere like on the planet in a matter of seconds. Like moving her to a second location. Like I've seen that argument. Like just make sure she's not there. But that doesn't mean anything. All all Savitar has to do is grab her, bring her to that spot, and the future is intact. Which, by the I way, guess. this is the future. You know what I mean? Like they they have like really solidified that, especially with the idea of Abracadabra being someone from the future. A lot of themes, a lot of throwbacks to season one with this concept of a villain who kind of has all of this pre-existing knowledge of, of Barry and everything that happens. And the fact that Iris's death is his past means he is specifically from this future, which is the actual future. Um, now I think the future can change. We've seen that the timeline can change. And so I still don't think that Iris is going to die. Now, how she doesn't die is still definitely up for debate. And I think, uh, you know, the tease that we got for next episode is, yeah, you know, there's there's much to debate and speculate about. And one of the things actually I, I very much would like to speculate about is about how this episode ended. You know, we were coming down to the end of this episode and I was kind of thinking like, you know, who we haven't seen much of this week. Who's that? Uh, Tom Kavanaugh. Actually, yeah, I know, right? Was yeah, like not at all. He was he was off Savitar, dude. Well, well, hang on, hang on. I don't think he was off Savitar. I I still argue that that H Arvatar is him from the future, not him from the present. I know, I know, I know. All right, so so I you know, the, but it is skeptical, right? Like he gives this whole oh, I got this whole you know side thing going on, and and I've been chilling out with her, and it's like who who's this girl, and where's this come from? And then he goes and he sees Caitlin, and he's like with Caitlin for like two seconds. And then Caitlin goes into cardiac arrest or, or whatever, and they have to, you know, go all killer frost. So I'm not saying that he did something, but I'm also not saying he didn't do something because it seemed like he may have done something. Because here's the other thing, Bell. In this episode, we were reminded that Savitar is not just a fast villain, but in fact, he is a deity and he actually has worshipers. Abracadabra, at the very first uh, beginning of this episode, you know, he, he even did kind of like a whole, you know, hallowed be his name thing with Savitar. Now, he could have been mocking. Uh, yeah, I think he was mocking him. Well, and that could be the case. But we've seen this. We've seen cult cultists, like an entire cult dedicated to to following him. Uh, and the idea that perhaps even the membership could go beyond spent given the fact that, again, Abracadabra spent a lot of time on Earth-19, which is where 
HR is from. But that's not necessarily what I want to speculate. I want to speculate about the fact this. HR goes in, he makes a change, we think, I don't know, who knows, something happens. Killer uh, Caitlin is about to die. The decision is put on both Cisco and Julian as to whether or not they're going to let her die or if they're going to let her go KF. And Julian, I thought it would be Cisco, but Julian makes the decision to rip off the Apple necklace. It gets cold real quick. Yup. Boom. Killer Frost. And that is going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. All right. We knew it was coming. Like we, we knew, yeah. we knew it was coming. Fate worse than death right there. Well, but actually yep. it was uh, mentioned in the chat. I can't recall from whom, but, but I think it was Gunnar mentions that Caitlin in that moment becomes the one that betrays fa- falls and has a fate worse than death all in one package. Right. Right. In that moment. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, uh, I don't think we've seen the other two yet. That I think be- the betrayal was a red herring. Okay. And, and technically she didn't die. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, it seemed like, like she flatlined. Yeah. I mean, she, yeah, but, but she's not dead. Like death is, is, she's is not permanent. dead yet. She's feeling yeah. much better. I mean, that's the thing. Like if you, you know, if you're on the operating table and you flatline like that and they bring you back, I mean, I guess you could say you died for a minute or two, but like, like that's not, that's not going to fulfill a prophecy dying for like 38 seconds. I mean, I don't know. It depends on who wrote the prophecy. It was Savitar. So, he, you know, <laughs> he may have been like technicality. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But here's the thing. All right. We knew it was coming. Uh, it's It's been a process since season two on, um, you know, the the revelation of, of Flashpoint that, that, you know, the the payoff or, or you know, the 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 chickens coming home to roost, so to speak, for Barry is that, you know, Caitlin has everything in place mentally, DNA-wise, to be a metahuman. And and here we have her now going full, full, hardcore Killer Frost. Like, doesn't even care. Just like, not even thanks for saving my life. Just pushes everybody else away, walks out of there cold like nothing. Now, this is happening at the exact same time that Barry makes the decision that he's going to jump to the future. Uh, we've seen previews for next week's episode. And so in those previews, we get a glimpse of a distraught Barry Allen in the future, him meeting his future self. Uh, we also get a chance to see that future Barry's new costume, the future Flash costume, which I'm looks pretty cool, by the way. Hugely excited about. Yeah. But I gotta wonder if Barry is going to a future in which this Caitlin, like Caitlin going KF here, like her going full killer frost. So all right. Did that happen? Well, no, here's the question. Is this it? Is this the moment? where she's Killer Frost for like to infinity and beyond? Or is this like, we're just going to get her Killer Frost for an episode and then she's going to be fine? No, I think, I think she's Killer Frost. For the, for like, for it. Like she's it. From, from now on, because she's we have villain. to see. Yeah, we have to see her and Cisco fight because that was, you know, in, in Cisco's vision. And so we hadn't seen that yet. Ooh, so that's got to happen. Yeah. So, so she's going to be around, you know, at least until that fight concludes. And then I don't know what's going to happen after that. But I'd like to, I'd like to think that she's going to be Killer Frost. Okay. All right. Yeah. And we do see Cisco wearing the costume more and more later into the season. Um, okay. Yeah. I can see. So, so that's a good point. I, I'd completely forgotten about that, um, that fight sequence and, and we haven't gotten the payoff there. Uh, so, I mean, it would make sense that this is kind of the building up to that. I don't know, man. I think that we're going to see Barry experiencing a future in which the assumption is that from this point on, she is Killer Frost. But in the same way that the assumption is that Iris dies, 
right? Because, you know, I guess this is pseudo spoiler territory. Although if you saw the preview for next week or well, not next week, but for the next episode next month, I know um, if you saw the preview for that episode, then, you know, that the Barry that we see when Barry goes to, to see and talk to his future self, that is a Barry who has experienced Iris's death where he's failed. It's a dark future. We've seen dark futures before in this universe. I'm wondering if Barry, like, all right, so here's my prediction. Here's my speculation. I think that Killer Frost for the remainder of the season is going to be Killer Frost. I think Caitlin is going to be Killer Frost. I think that Barry is going to come back from the future with like, you know, he he left the present thinking, oh, I got to figure out how to stop Iris or how to save Iris. And now he's going to come back from the future and be like, I got I to gotta save Iris. I got to save Caitlin. Like he's going to have a whole laundry list of things <laughs> that he's got to fix. Um, and you know, who knows, maybe even, and then the, he's going to hop over to legends and grab the spirit destiny and be like, all right, let's just do this on one fell swoop. <laughs> well, spoilers bell, but that, that's not an option anymore. Um, I know I got to watch that episode. You haven't watched, uh, how have I watched this week's at legends and you haven't watched it yet? Ah, uh, because last night I stayed up really late and I get a chance to watch it and I had to watch flash before this podcast. So I watched that and then immediately fell asleep until like I got on the call. All right. Well, I know after last week's. <laughs> I know that after last week's episode of uh, Flash TV Talk, a lot of we've gotten some feedback on Facebook and some, some people want us to kind of talk about legends on, on this week's episode. We won't do that. However, uh, I will be guesting on Legends TV Talk this week. So if you want to hear my thoughts that Bell has has successfully, he's gathered a posse. They are ready to take me to task over some of the comments that I've made about Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, I look forward to discussing this week's episode there, uh, as I think that the implications are are pretty heavy on, you know, what what the future of the Flash can or cannot be. But again, I hope you like tar and feathers, by the way. I depends on what <laughs> depends on how hot the tar is. Here's the it's thing. Lukewarm. It's all about the future, right? So you're saying that Caitlin, this is it. This is her moment. She is evil for the rest of the series. Well, I mean, rest of the series is kind of hard to say. I mean, I, I'm, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out on the line right here. I'm going to say yes. Caitlin, for the rest of this, or for at say least next season. season four. Okay, there it is. It, it, yeah, at least until the end of season four uh, will be Killer Frost because next season – we got rogues, and now we have. Well, you a say that great villain. You say that. You say that. We say that we've got rogues. We don't. We don't know a lot about next season, other than. Oh, come on, it's rogue. Well, we we assume that it's rogues, but here's the thing: we also got a nod in this episode to speculate about, and that is Abracadabra pointing out all of these villains. You know who has been the Flash's greatest greatest villains? He he mentions Thawne. He mentions Zoom. Uh, he and some dude that I don't know who was this guy. Well, he mentions Savitar, and then he also mentions a fourth name. And given the fact that the, the other three names were the big bads of the seasons that came prior, you have to assume, or at least it's worth speculating, that perhaps the fourth name is the quote-unquote big bad of season four. Now, the the name that he threw out is DeVoe. And Bell, I couldn't understand what he was saying. I was like, who? what is this? So DeVoe, Clifford DeVoe, goes by the uh, the moniker of The Thinker. The Thinker in DC Comics. Um, he was a failed uh, lawyer. Uh, you know, he was, uh, he's, let's see. Um, you know, he's honestly, in my background of kind of flash material, he's not one that I'm particularly all that familiar with. However, at the same time, Savitar was kind of a deep cut from that standpoint. So I'm not surprised if they want to go this route and get a, uh, a lesser known villain and turn them into kind of a, a top tier. 
Um, cause I mean, even, even what they're, they're claiming about Savitar this season, you know, and what Abracadabra is even saying, right? Because Savitar has constantly told Barry that like, I'm your greatest villain. He's like, he keeps saying this, but at the same time, we also know Savitar to be somewhat grandiose and, you know, pompous. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, you know, I've been wondering if maybe that's not necessarily the case. It's just Savitar trying to kind of build himself up. Uh, but now we actually have Abracadabra kind of confirming that from a historian's perspective. And so to throw a name like DeVoe in there as kind of a, a, a top tier player makes me think they may take the thinker in that kind of direction. Uh, the thinker, he's got kind of, he's a technology driven telekinesis, mind control, uh, v- depending on which version of it. He's had de- uh, telepathy, fear projections, binary intelligence capable of integrating into and controlling computerized and electronic systems. So definitely a very tech based villain in the form of the thinker. Well, and and what uh, what's not to say that he doesn't, you know, gather and lead the rogues or something. Um Captain Cold, I don't care he's dead. Captain Cold has I would have words with that I would imagine. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. So so Caitlin is going to be I I I have a feeling that if if they do devote, if they go with him, uh that he's not going to be the only villain they're always they're going to have other people to fight and so i don't know maybe he maybe they do i'd like for them to do the rogues they should do the rogues Mm. and if they do that i think caitlin's going to be a uh, a piece of that a part of that but 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 consider what he said so so in this episode abracadabra very specifically runs down the, the the greatest enemies the flash's greatest enemies thon zoom defoe like to throw him in, like Thawne and Zoom, like that's that's right there. That those are your top tier. You know what I mean? Like from a comic book yeah. perspective. Like the fact that he actually did not mention uh, you know, Snart. I, I mean, like, I mean, it's fine. You know, they've they've taken creative license with the way that they've they've presented these characters. Although I, I think that, you know, in in universe as a whole, they're doing a good job with kind of pitting Snart against uh Eobard over on Legends. But but ultimately, you know. The fact that of all of the non-speedster villains that could be referenced, this is the one that they pull out implies that they're going to do something pretty big with him in season four. Sure. Now, I don't doubt that. Who knows, man? Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about DeVoe actually being kind of the, the big bad they end up going with because I, you know. Well, th- that's that's the beauty part about it, right? He's, he's kind of an unknown villain, so they, they can take a lot of creative liberties with it. That's true. And they have with Savitar. And I think that Savitar has been a really interesting villain for, for Flash, um, especially the way they kind of paired him up with Alchemy. Because Alchemy, it seemed yeah. like, was going to be the big bad. And then you find out he's just a pawn. You know, I, I yeah, you're right. And they've done, they've done some great things in the creative license they've taken. Just kind of curious. Just kind of curious where it goes. But we'll see. We will definitely yeah. see. John Wesley Ship, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. All right, man, listener feedback this week. We got some great listener feedback in uh, from Dan. Man, what does Dan say? Dan says, Hi, guys. Great season so far. I look forward to your show every week almost as much as I look forward to Tuesday nights. Almost. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought for sure we were going to find out Savitar's identity this week. Even though we didn't, I still got. I, th- I still think we got a pretty big reveal when Cadabra was listening to the enemies, uh, li- listing various enemies. He mentioned Zoom, Thawne, and DeVoe. I think it's safe to assume that DeVoe is Clifford DeVoe, aka the Thinker, since we already know next season's big bad will not be a speedster. I'm guessing it will be the Thinker. 
He has a history with the Flash and can make for some very interesting storylines. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feelings on this. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you later. Well, email at least. Maybe some tweets too. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, you know, that's – I. I when he said DeVoe, I didn't know who that was. And so I was assuming, you know, I was trying to frantically figure out like what he said so I could type it into Google and, and figure it out. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm on board with you, Dan. I think it's going to be Clifford DeVoe, the thinker. We've had three seasons. He listed four names. Season four, not a speedster, tinker. I think it works. I, th- I think it works. I agree with you. The thinker, not tinker. Tinker that's is a uh, Marvel, Marvel character. That, that, that's what I said. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I agree completely with Bell. I think that they could take that character in some interesting ways. I think, you know, if, if they decide to go with kind of the traditional technology-based uh, approach, like Abracadabra, like if, if that was done, so Abracadabra well. was so good. I actually, I wanted to leave this episode with him being the uh, the big bad of season four. I, I know, right? Really dug his powers, like, like you know, his quote unquote power set, and uh, you know, throwing the cards and. The arm thing, the arm thing, I like, I applauded when that happened. That was so good. Yeah, that was brilliant. I, I, I was hoping there would be a ribbon gag, but uh, there were no ribbons. Oh, you know what? They, they can bring him back. That's the great thing. They, like, like, just more more of Abracadabra, please. Yeah. That that was awesome. Um, yeah, so, but one way or the other, I think uh, I agree with Bout. The, the, whatever they, they decide to do with the thinker, I'm sure it'll be great. Um, if they go technology-based, that provides a, a nice additional foil uh, for especially somebody like Cisco. Although Cisco's getting more field time at this point, uh, using his powers, uh, more, more so his powers and less so his gadgetry. But he has not gone away from the gadgetry. So who knows? We'll see what we get. Yeah. We also got an iTunes review in from Web Slinging. What did Web Slinging say? They wrote, Podcast Berry Podcast, a fun and informative show about everyone's favorite speedster. The hosts know their stuff when it comes to the red and yellow, but are not such purists that they dump on changes the show makes to the characters. As a fan of the character and not so much of the comics, I always learn a few things from every episode, be it Flash history or an Easter egg I might have missed. The hosts are funny and their friendship is evident, which makes it feel like you've joined them for a beer to discuss the finer points of the Speed Force, the significance of blue versus red lightning, and the complexities of time travel while making jokes and having a good time. If you're a fan of Flash of the Flash TV series or are a newbie looking for insight, I highly recommend this podcast. Well, thank you, Web Slinging. I agree. You know, that's that's how I like to I like to podcast. Like, you know, with friends, like you're sitting around a table talking about a show that we love. And so I'm, I'm glad that you pick up on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We appreciate that web slinging. Um, yeah. This is uh this has been a fun show to, to discuss and you know, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't take much. Give me any excuse to hang out with Bell and I'll do it. That's true. It's just, uh, we could talk about anything. What about those cats, cats, on, the cats on the moon? Feline, feline astronauts. I think it would be really neat to watch a cat try to walk on the moon because it's one sixth of earth's gravity. And if you've ever seen, you, have you heard of the vomit comet? I, I have not. Okay. Well, what it is, is it's a plane and it flies this big, like parabolic arc, right? Like, like a roller coaster, like it's going up and down and up and down. And as it goes down, you're in free fall. And so it simulates zero gravity. Like you, like you were in, uh, on the international space station or something. They did it. They, they're doing experiments. I mean, I don't know why it's NASA. They're going to NASA's going to NASA. They decided <laughs> to take cats on the vomit comet. And they like you see them. They 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 achieve Aww. microgravity in the free fall, and they let them go. And the cats try to write themselves because all of their like self writing abilities are, are based on gravity. <laughs> and so they're like just just like spinning around, like trying to go. Like I can't. <laughs> Those poor kitty cats. Were they okay? Uh, it, it's cute. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're they're totally fine. You know, okay. it's yeah. It, 
it, uh, it, it, it was no different than taking you or I up there for the first time on the Vomit Comet, and like, <laughs> we would be flailing around just like that. <laughs> All so. right, fair enough. Well, you know, if, if they did want to send cats into space, you know what they'd have to do? Uh, what's that? That's a little something for the live show. <laughs> if you don't know about the final meow down, that means you've never been in early for a live show. <laughs> tune in, tune in and join us for a live show sometime and you'll hear the final meow down. Hey, speaking of live shows, we will actually be doing one next week, although we won't have an episode of The Flash next week. Thanks to you. That's right, you. We will still be recording an episode of the podcast doing an Arrow TV talk looking back at Arrow Season 2. Now, the reason why we're doing this, it was one of our uh, Patreon goals. And thanks to you guys that are supporting us on Patreon. Y'all made it happen, which means you get more content. Uh, and and we just we can't thank you enough for that. So big thanks to all of you who are helping to make this show happen. And by the way, there's even more too. So after this uh, episode, we've got some additional things like maybe even a Young Justice TV talk looking back at uh, season two of Young Justice, you know, back in the earliest days before even the Flash launched, we kind of did a retrospective looking back at the season one of Young Justice. So doing a season two, uh, kind of a retrospective was also one of our goals. And you can help make that happen by going to patreon.com slash TV talk by becoming a patron at any level. You get our full archive of episodes dating all the way back to season zero, where we get go back and look at the Flash through Young Justice. We look at the Flash on Smallville. We look at the Flash on all of these different series, Justice League Unlimited. You know, actually, I was thinking very specifically of an episode in which Flash and Lex Luthor kind of exchange places. And you're talking about how Savitar could be just, you know, what if you just kind of threw some random name and nobody knew who it is? Kind of reminded me a little bit about this uh, this episode of Justice League Unlimited where Lex Luthor takes over uh, Wally West's body as the Flash runs to the bathroom, takes off the mask and looks at himself in the mirror and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and immediately says, I have no idea who this is. So <laughs> Now it's time to find the Flash's seat right. identity. <laughs> so I have no idea who this is. <laughs> one of the greatest moments of that entire series. And of course it's a Flash moment. So anyway, we go back through, oh, yeah. the, uh, through a lot of that stuff and you can get that in the full archives. You can support the show at uh, just a dollar, uh, become a a hero at just a dollar per episode and you get all that great additional content plus unlock future things as well. Become a, a, a superhero at $3 and get some shenanigans. Yes. You know, there's probably going to be some more cats in space. I don't know who, who knows, who knows what you get with shenanigans, but uh, become a superhero at $3 per episode. And you'll find out or go full in, become part of our brain trust. Uh, check out all of the wonderful rewards, brain trust members at $5 uh, an episode. Y'all help make this show happen. And we really greatly appreciate it. So once again, patreon.com slash TV talk is the place to go to help us out. Or if you're listening on the Satchel podcast player, which you absolutely should be, go ahead and click be a patron. It'll take you right there. We make it easy for you to help us out so that we can make this podcast for you. Be sure to follow us during the hiatus as well. You can follow us at Flash TV Talk. You can also first follow our personal accounts. I'm at the real Bo York. You can also follow Bell at Ring That Bell. And if 140 characters is enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podesteri.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach, who provides our outro music. You can check out the rest of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. 
We really appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. And hey, by the way, tell your friends about this show. If you love Flash, if you're like hanging out telling your friends how awesome the Flash is, you meet somebody else who's another Flash fan, let them know about the Flash TV Talk podcast. You know, it's uh, word of mouth goes a long way. So if you enjoy the show uh, and you want to, uh, you know, enjoy it with friends, because that's the best way to enjoy most things, uh, let them know. Check out the Flash TV Talk podcast. You can find us on the Flash Podcast Player or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, going over pack episodes for the next month is going to be uh, crucial. That plus our uh, Arrow TV Talk episode that's coming up. So one way or the other, don't worry. We'll be back in a flash. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.